The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Today on The Network Live, we'll be hearing a message from author and speaker Lance Wallnow. USA Today reports that Lance is one of only three evangelical leaders to have accurately predicted Donald Trump's presidency while running against 15 opponents. Dr. Wallnow's best-selling book, God's Chaos Candidate, explains the global shift that accompanies Trump's unexpected electoral upset. God is working in new and unprecedented ways among the nations. Dr. Wallnow has shared platforms with best-selling authors Ken Blanchard and John Maxwell and lectured at universities from Harvard and MIT to London School of Theology. Merging a 30-year background consulting in business and the nonprofit sector, Lance inspires vision of tomorrow with the clarity of today, connecting ideas to action. He currently directs the Lance Learning Group, a strategic teaching and consulting company based in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Wallnow is a frequent television guest and conference keynote speaker. Stay tuned to the Network Live. You won't want to miss this opportunity to hear from Lance Wallnow. We're going to talk about the power of breaking controlling spirits because America is under siege. You have this new series out called America Shall Be Saved. I could have literally called it America Under Siege, but we shall be saved. I just thought it would be more optimistic. So as America shall be saved, the battle has begun. That's the title. And uh, what is the battle? Well, it's interesting to me that if you get your Bible, I encourage you to get your Bible out when we do our Bible study. And I believe this. Now, I just listened to Bobby Connor say this the other night. And you know what? I was so pleased he said it. And I could see major pushback from a lot of people. And what he said was, you don't, he said, you don't get the same ministry out of a digital Bible that you do out of a printed text. Um, and he said, uh, it was interesting, the comment he made. And I was wondering if it was based on any data that he had. He said, the difficulty, he said, it's difficult to meditate upon, memorize, and receive from a digital uh, floating version of the Bible versus the Bible that you have. And I don't know. I don't know what he was basing that on, but I will say this. I have digital Bibles, and there's nothing quite like the familiarity of a Bible. It just seems to flip open in areas that have been marked where you have a journey, in a sense, marking your walk with God. The temptation with a digital anything is multitasking. So, I mean, it just happens. I've got people all over the place. I do it. So if I go to read a digital verse, verse of the Bible, it's just one click away from, oh, a news alert. I, we all have notifications. Pops up, distract. Pops up, distract. Oh, you got a net message. Quick, let me take care of it. Let me check what they're saying. It just is an invitation to a divided attention. Now, let me just say this. The Spirit of the Lord, the Bible says, dwelleth in you. The Spirit that dwelleth in you lusteth to envy is the King James. The spirit that dwelleth in you, James says, lusteth to envy. What does that mean? The spirit of God in you is jealous over your prioritizing of anything over him. That means if you really want, like, ladies, come on. You, let's be honest about this. If, if you're with a guy, which guy is going to really catch your heart? 
the one who is multitasking during a dinner date, carrying on text conversations, checking his, you know, iWatch to see, you know, how many steps he did today when he was walking, or the one who is so engrossed and captivated by your presence that he loses all sense that there's text and messages? You know the answer to that. It's intuitive. The Spirit of God wants worshipers. A worshiper isn't someone who's intense in their singing and then multitasking and distracted with God every day. It's a person who prioritizes God over everything else. So when it comes time to go to church, go to a meeting, go to a, when you set aside time to be in the activity of hearing from God, I encourage you, go with the printed text and not with Dr. Distraction. And uh, just you'll see the difference. Start to write down in your Bible when we do these Bible studies. That Bible, I can't tell you the number of battles I've been in where the Bible folds open. I, I don't think you can digitally have it fold open to the place that God wants to speak to you. you got to go enter the data and find it. But this word folds open. I can't tell you how many times the Lord has just leapt off the page. Bam. It just speaks to you. Huh. Interesting. So we're going to start right now with our Bible. I want you to grab it, open it up. And the first comment I want to make is uh, a verse I'm going to go to is Luke chapter 21. We're going to make that our text because America shall be saved. But you've got to understand what it's being saved from and what's going on in the world right now. And what is the battle? And why is this battle so, um, so insidious in its multiple heads? I have very little patience anymore for Christians that don't know what's going on in the world around them. It's kind of like a fisherman that doesn't have his rod and his string and his bait actually in the water. It's all in the boat. Something's going on right now in the world you have to have your finger and the pulse of. You can't minister healing to somebody you're not connecting to. You can't, you can't uh, stretch yourself out like Elisha upon the corpse uh, and, and, and impart life to it if you don't know where the body's located. You have to stretch yourself out on what's happening in the world right now. And what's happening in the world right now collects itself right here in Luke chapter 21. It says in verse, uh, uh, watch this, 26, Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things that are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. This is a verse that some people in their eschatological confusion think already happened and that this verse only applies to the collapse of Jerusalem, you know, in 70 A.D. But it's not the case. This verse um, uh, applies to that thing which takes place when the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And uh, verse 24 describes the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled. You know, it's interesting. I just came back from Jerusalem. And, and the times of the Gentiles being fulfilled is connected to the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem be trodden down of Gentiles until the times fulfilled. Well, I hate to say it, but most people get confused in this. Gentiles is Arabs. I know that we always think of Muslims and Jews and Christians, but actually it's Jews and Gentiles. There's only two brands, two races on planet Earth. As far as the Bible's concerned, Gentile and Jew, not Arab and, you know, Buddhist and Christian. So uh, the Arabs had Jerusalem until the Six-Day War. When was that? That's what I'm talking about, knowing your history. 1967, Six-Day War. All right, 67, 77, 87, 97, 2007, 2017. Ho! 50 years. Is 50 a significant number? Yes, it is. 50 is the number of Jubilee. It's the number in the Bible uh, that completes the full cycle of time. So therefore, you could say, right now, this year, we are completing 
the 50th year since Jerusalem was recovered from the Gentiles. And they recovered their, uh, you know, their, their right. And they didn't control the Temple Mount. They allowed, they, uh, Moshe Dayan, it's interesting, Moshe Dayan uh, called in and said, I'm going to leave the Temple Mount for the Arabs as a, as a negotiating ship. Let's give them some hope. Let's not just drive them completely out. And uh, let's, let's leave a section of this so that they can have uh, the mount that's important to them. But we've got political, governmental, military, um, you know, annexation again of Jerusalem. It's ours. So there you go. Why is that important? Because verse 24 connects to verse 25 and verse 26. Men's hearts failing them for fear. We're, cut, we're talking about a period of time getting inaugurated when things are coming on the earth. And then it says, for the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. I want you to catch this. We're going to come back to this later. Spiritual warfare. How to break controlling powers. That's the theme I'm on. And uh, I'm coming into this kind of gingerly because the context of the battle is connected to political developments in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is a political spirit. It's a spirit that wants to substitute itself for the government of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the government will be upon Jesus' shoulders. The Antichrist wants the governmental control and power to legislate um, the will of the devil over mankind through a human being. This is the classic end time scenario that we uh, that we Christians have always talked about. And now, man, I'm telling you, talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain, I'm, it's like there's a massive conversation going on right now about how currency instability could collapse uh, within, you know, uh, who knows, within a matter of the next, this presidential cycle, for what we know. And that what we're going to look to is a digital alternative. In other words, people have more, more confidence in science than they do in banks. And so digits and digital data actually is the scientific currency of the future. And then if you just put a biomarker on you, no one can ever steal from you, hack, um, or, you know what I mean? It's just like you just, it's, it, the whole world is moving perfectly in the scenario of an almost like a science fiction novel while we're sitting here, which is why the breaking controlling powers for you has to be understood that it's controlling powers in you, in your bloodline, trying to reach up from the past over you. It's on you in the generation you're in based on the battle in the heavens over your nation, your geography, the place where you're living. So um, it says here that um, Jesus gives this advice when this starts to break out. When these things begin to come to pass, notice the verse 28, it says when these things begin, circle the word begin to come to pass, then look up. Look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. In other words, when these things start to happen, that's the time when you have to actually shift your gaze and look up. You have to shift your attention from what's happening on the news. Now I'm saying don't look at what's happening in current events, but look behind it to see what's happening in the spirit realm what is God doing in the battle between good and evil? Because the Bible says redemption is drawing near. Redemption. God's full redemption package for planet Earth is coming down and 
pressing down. You know that uh, feeling sometimes you have of uh, that tightness, that suffocating, that that uh, it's almost like you're you're caught in in what's called the in the, in the uh, Greek it refers to the stress or the like the compression of paper pages in a book. Well, understand that that stress that's there is is a response to the fact that the weight of glory, the glory of God, is coming towards Earth and is compressing the enemy, and the enemy is venting through world events that are happening because the devil is under siege. That's why when you look up, you can see God's doing something that's creating this manifestation here. So let me go back to the premise of my notes. By the way, you guys get my notes. Did you know you can get my notes? And uh, we'll put up on the screen uh, right now where you can go uh, subscribe to in order to get Lance's notes. Now, these notes, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not, I don't have an English editor working for a magazine editing these. So um, that means that you're getting, you're getting them rough as I teach them, but you're going to get them anyway. I start off by saying this, the ministry of Jesus was marked by three forms of manifestation. A third of his time he spent casting out devils and healing the sick. In other words, his, a third of his ministry actually was associated with this thing where he was casting out spirits. Now, I don't have to read to you the numbers of times this happens because it's, it's replete throughout the gospel. And, you know, and I start to ask myself sometimes, as Jesus is casting out these spirits, the spirits are manifesting and he's, and he's uh, healing. And then he, and his deliverance ministry was so pronounced that his own enemies would say that he cast out devils by Satan. And then Jesus would have to respond to them and say, no, he said, I'm not casting out devils by the devil, because if Satan casts out Satan, he's, he's dismantling his own house. In other words, Jesus' ministry of deliverance was so pronounced, it was the subject of the criticism of his adversaries. Whatever happened to the ministry of casting out devils? i got to say, the end time pressure is increasing this warfare. We're going to have to break these controlling spirits that are trying to get control of us, but whatever happened to casting out devils? Um, I would say if it was a third of Jesus' ministry, it should be the third of our ministry, but none of us do it. Most of us don't. I mean, let's face it. We'd rather, put, we'd rather have the Word do it for us. We'd rather have an impartation or a soaking session or a revival meeting or, you know, worship. In other words, casting out demons used to be like, you know, and I understand why. Let me tell you why. I used to do this ministry of deliverance, is what it's called. And I did it in a church. And the problem is, deliverance churches don't necessarily attract the most sophisticated, regular clientele. Your, your big tithing, normal people who, don't, uh, who, who probably do need deliverance in areas of their life, but they don't know it, um, they're, they're scared off by certain kinds of Pentecostal phenomena. Now, falling down and ecstatic experiences and gold dust and swirling winds, that attracts a crowd. But when demons start coming out of people, it scares people. And what I believe is it scares people, especially that would benefit from the ministry of deliverance. <laughs> and so nobody really wants a deliverance ministry. Nobody wants that to be, no one's inviting anyone to come to their church because it's going to be guaranteed that there'll be some Antifa manifestation. It's kind of like Antifa showing up at your at your cocktail party. And so, you know, you, you have to be prepared for it. But uh, nevertheless, I'm teaching about it now because I don't mind being a wrecking ball every now and then to a religious spirit. I think it's uh, stimulating. 
So what happens uh, to the deliverance ministry? I'll tell you what happened to the deliverance ministry in America. It got taken over by the pharmaceutical industry. People still have problems. They still are afflicted with insomnia or inability to concentrate or depression or anger or sadness or sorrow or overwhelming emotional uh, you know, conditions that they cannot control. And I know people are going to get all mad at me and say, Lance, these are medical, these are chemical, these are this, these are that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry now has taken over the deliverance ministry and doctors make a profit off of uh, the pharmaceutical industry. The pharmaceutical industries make a massive multi-billion dollar profit, Wall Street benefits. So right now, did you know that overdoses in America are killing more people? For all the liberals out there that are freaking out over gun violence, gun violence, gun violence, more people are being killed by the pharmaceutical and drug uh, business every year than by guns and car accidents combined. So you can go on all the motomotive highways, go to all the shootings that are happening, and you stack it up against overdoses of drugs, and overdoses of drugs is killing more people. Now, why are people looking for drugs? Because they're looking for altered states. And they're looking for happiness, and in many cases, they're finding torment. And when they find torment, if they don't know how to cast it out or cast it down, it ends up becoming a neurological condition, and then that condition has to be medicated. The problem is you medicate a condition, and where does it go? Where does it go? It's really important. You've got to know how demons operate. It goes into another condition. In other words, it's a floating thing. It's a floating thing. If you ever have to deal with a spirit of infirmity, for instance, you'll, you'll take a thought, you'll get healed in one part of your body, next thing you know, another part. Then you get with that part, it goes to another part. It's like a spirit that can go just hit different parts of your body, and, and you think you're getting a victory. All you're doing is moving, you're relocating an infirmity spirit. This may sound strange to you, but those that are watching me understand what I'm talking about. In 2013, an estimated 24.6 million Americans age 12 or older that's 9.4% of the American population, actually used an illicit drug in the last 30 days. Imagine that. In 2013, they did a study, and there was 24.6 Americans, 12 years old and older, who had used an illicit drug in the last 30 days of the survey that was done. 9.4% of the population. Wow. That doesn't even include pharmaceutical food and dr drugs that are being prescribed by doctors. That's just the illegal stuff. So when I talk about um, where did deliverance go, it went to the pharmaceutical industry to a great extent. And where did the pharmaceutical industry go? It didn't cast it out. It's got people medicated. I wonder how many of the p items in the news, I mean, I'm really serious about this. There was this incident with this woman, this guy, who became transgender and became a woman, but uh, he was also the guy at the time when he had uh, when he had done a data dump of all this high level, highly sensitive information that was being kept in national security in the military, and he went to jail, and then Obama let him out, um, and then he became a she. I think that there was, and then it reveals that there was all kinds of mental torment and, and anxiety. Well, of course, when you're going through a sex identity issue and you have access to codes that, that have access, you understand how crazy liberals are? That they'll put someone right there at a nuclear you know, access who's going through this battle as to whether they're a man or a woman. You don't think that there's a whole chemical thing going on? And evidently there was also like pharmaceutical drugs involved, but there was like some emotional upheaval. What I'm trying to say is that you have no idea the number of people, this shooting in Las Vegas, that, that there's this massive cover-up going on. Nobody can quite put the story together. 
Who was he? Who was he connected to? What did he do? Where did he get his money? I guarantee you don't make that kind of money playing poker on on, dig, on, on uh, vending machines in Las Vegas because the vending machines in Las Vegas are designed to beat you. So you don't make a living off of that from year to year. You might get lucky once, but you're going to know. So the question is, what, what, who was, was this guy an arms merchant? Was he an arms dealer? Was he an undercover FBI guy that went rogue? That's, that's the buzz out there on the, uh, you know, Internet conspiracy theory stuff. And I'm looking at this and saying, they're covering up something. But what do they know? He was evidently on medication. He was pharmaceutically being treated. Treated for what? What am I telling you? I'm telling you people have demonic conditions. And then they medicate it. I don't think the demons go away. So this guy was probably the wrong guy to be involved with a profession regarding weapons, making money from some laundering of something, being masked over as Las Vegas gambling. I mean, this is, trust me on this. There's a story being covered up, but it's spiritual. He was being tormented. And he was being tormented. Now, did he do the shooting? Or did somebody kill him he was doing an arms deal with? And they did the shooting and left the scene to make it look like it was him. This is, the, this is the point. We don't really know because the FBI is not coming clean. But we trust the FBI because the FBI and the CIA under the Obama administration helped to give us information on Donald Trump and his, his involvement with Russia. Except that we just found out that that uh, was paid for by Hillary Clinton to make up a story and that it was um, presented by the FBI and CIA as though it was a fact, when in fact they knew it was a bogus story. So what do we got? The big battle going on right now is spirits are working through political systems, media systems, hate to say it, pharmaceutical, money, profiteering. The word pharmaceutical, by the way, is rooted in the word pharmakia which in the New Testament refers to an occult practice of mind manipulation through chemicals and sorcery, which is why people that get involved with cults are doing, are, like they're into the peyote, they're into the LSD, they're into the stuff, they're into mescaline, because the drugs, sex, and um, occult world overlap in one thing, getting access into your head and shaping and rewiring the way that you think. So, uh, so pardon me if I get really graphic on this, but you got to understand the deliverance ministry is a deliverance ministry out of us believers. I'm talking to Christians. How to be set free from controlling powers so that we can actually go into systems and operate under this central intelligence of, of the Holy Spirit to expose and dismantle the lies. Keep praying for the journalists and for the, and for the um, political leaders that are um, under common grace. It's like Donald Trump. I don't know if these guys are Christians. David Nunes, he's the guy that actually, uh, in charge of the House Intelligence Committee in this period when I'm broadcasting, had the courage to force the court to expose who funded the dossier that was released against Donald Trump saying that he was collaborating with Russia which tied up the entire American political system and news media cycle in a lie. Whoa. Had he not pushed the uh, exposure of that, uh, we wouldn't know that it was a paid-for dossier by the Democratic National Committee. Um, and then who else are we going to find out? I'm going to go. I'm going to do a broadcast later for the Underground. I'm not going to go in there now. But you guys are in the 7M Underground? 
I'm going to tear the veil off of the demonic activity in the American government. Because really, when everyone talks about the swamp, you and I know it's a spiritual swamp. Because human nature is corrupt. Human nature is sin. Progressives think human nature is, is perfect and society makes it bad. You've got to understand, that's why liberals and progressives are doomed to take you over a cliff. Because the premise is people are fine. Society and, and white privilege and uh, capitalism is the reason why the world's messed up. You better get that game straight in your head. The Bible doesn't teach that the world's screwed up because of the Jews, like Germany was trying to say. It's screwed up because of sin. And sin will operate under any skin, regardless of its color or uh, nationality. It's the human condition Jesus died for, not a political system. Anyway, Jesus bled and died so that you could have freedom from uh, oppressive spirits. But Luke 21, verse 19 is the secret sauce. As I'm bringing to a close this first powerful broadcast on the subject of breaking controlling powers. And that is... Possess ye your soul. I can't believe I, I didn't even focus in on that. I got caught up in the times of the Gentiles and the power shaking in the heavens and the squeeze that's happening in the spirit realm is putting pressure on the minds of people below. Jesus said, possess your soul. Possess your soul. And uh, when these things begin to look up, uh, begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. Uh, verse 19, in your patience, Possess ye your souls. Before this whole drama even starts to unfold, the Lord says, He wants to wrap something around your head that'll give you the ability to, <clears throat> to possess your mind, to have your mind under the grip of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk in this series about the helmet of salvation, what the helmet of salvation, which is also the helmet of hope, really is, how it's wrapped around your head so that it can hold you tight and keep you in focus, regardless of what's trying to come against you. Breaking controlling spirits. Is, uh, is realizing that, uh, that you're called to possess your own soul, and therefore, what is a soul? What does it mean to possess your soul, your suke, your mind, your will, and your emotions? And by the way, to the degree that you don't possess it, somebody else will possess it. To the degree that you don't know the truth on a subject, a lie could be controlling you. So you want to really be able to have full awareness of how to possess your own head. You want to have sophronismos, is the Greek word, saved brains in the last days. You want to have saved brains. You want to be able to be able to, you want to be able to be able to, you want to have the capacity to be able to discern the origin of what thought is coming from heaven, what thought is coming from people, and what thought is coming from the devil. And you'll be shocked how many times the devil's talking through people. Jesus even uh, discovered that in his own circle, and he revealed it, that even sometimes the enemy can talk right through somebody that you trust. That's why you have to be strong in the Word of God so that you can deal with it. All right. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you are going to be delivering people from pharmaceutical dependence uh, on mind-altering drugs as the Word of God grows and increases and strengthens on the inside of your people. And uh, I thank you, Father, that you are going to be setting people free from controlling habits and tormenting spirits and vexations. And uh, that you're going to be helping a generation of believers discover how to possess their souls in these days ahead. Because we're not only going to be possessing our souls, we're going to be possessing the land. 
and you're going to give us real estate, influence, access, and even the gates of our enemies, the Bible says, are going to be occupied. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to be doing that through your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. And we'll talk some more in the next broadcast. Thousands of leaders around the world attest to the lasting impact that their first encounter with Lance. If this is your first time to hear Lance, find out more about Lance at LanceWallNow.com or join with thousands of others by checking out his regular broadcast on Periscope and Facebook Live under Lance Wellnow. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.